from the Los Angeles Underground. It's time for your new favorite podcast, The Superiority Complex. It's like honey in your ear holes. Welcome back to Superiority Complex, everybody. Your new favorite podcast. We rushed to start the uh, podcast because I called John a son of a bitch right before we started because he mentioned my large nostrils. Why'd you bring that up, John? You know Uh, I'm sensitive about my nostril size. Yeah, real sensitive because all he said is you were flaring your nostrils. That wasn't exactly (laughs) saying you had large nostrils. John, they're always flared. Jumped on. They just look flared. They look flared. They're not though. I see. How are you, John? Good to see you. <laughs> Bullshit! You're still, mad at, you're, still, you're still mad at me for being late. I was, no, I was. I didn't even. We were goofing around. We seriously were goofing around. Oh, we're just goofing. We're goofing. We were. We were playing Animal Crossing. We were checking Turner prices. We were talking about uh, cutting our lives into pieces because it's our last resort. And we were talking about how late you were. Justine Turner showed us. Prices. Justine, what's oddly enough, I was did not bring up the fact that you were late. It was Patrick who brought it up, and then Jake. I was commented. worried because you're never with that <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. I was worried about you. It's like a Felix <laughs> Unger argument. Uh, of course, Patrick's uh, here. Jake's here. Justine's here. John Sandy's here. The gang's all here. Welcome. But welcome in, guys. Uh, Justine, you do Justine, look. For Justine's the, frozen. She really is frozen. No, she's not. There she's, we go. There she goes. She's she's a little laggy. Kind of like when I try to play on uh, Call of Duty. Laggy. Those, yeah, I get in those lobbies. Logie. I lag. Patrick, I think you need to put new batteries in. Starting to slow down. A little is that bit. what happens? Mm-hmm. Is that a camera thing, or is it the what makes it do that? Internet, internet, interwebs. Ah, mm-hmm. lag, nice John. Thing. It's actually called yeah. lag. No, Justine's like, running low. Try to make me sound like a fembot or something. <laughs> <laughs> fembot. <laughs> was that uh, just? Was that Austin Powers? Yep. Uh, yeah. Fembot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Justine, I'm not going to lie. You do you do look like you're on an airplane, like John said earlier. But you also look yeah, lovely. Like you're getting like this back, that halo effect from the light back there. It, it's just lovely. Yeah. Oh, no, it went away. It was, oh. better. it was better when you had the window open. It was better open, when you yeah. had the window open. You had like this back glow, like this glow around you. It was awesome. Yeah, it, I think that's what they did to Marlena Dietrich. Yeah, yeah oh, look at that. Go. Look at that. Oh, yeah. You're, there you're, we go. You're, uh, lo- you're luminous. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you look like a... We're going to screenshot oh, that really for the tough. show. My goodness. We're going to screenshot yeah. that. We're going to put it on the... Uh, up on the website there. What? You know what makes it look like a plane is up. Oh, there she goes again. He's gone. Uh, maybe somebody needs a battery, huh? Is it a battery for what? Oh, no, you said it's the internet. There she is. She turned off her camera. She didn't want you looking at her. Yeah, yeah this girl. She gets shy. She gets shy. And who wouldn't? Oh, yeah. Who wouldn't? I mean, is, she's the best lane. looking person on the podcast by far. So, I mean, why wouldn't she be? Well, I can't argue with that. <laughs> well, I mean, look around. Look at the competition, yeah. though. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I know she, she's like high praise. That's coming like from you, gargoyle. <laughs> <laughs> that's like saying that's like saying it's like saying Joe Biden was the best candidate in the last uh, in the last election. Of course, well, of course, he was. That's like I'm- I'm having lunch with the Monster Squad, and they say, "Gee, you're the prettiest one of the bunch." You know? <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of the niece on uh, the Monsters? Is it Marilyn? Oh, Marilyn. Yep. Yeah. Oh, so great. It's our new name for just call me your unfortunate. She's the unfortunate one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, our unfortunate niece. Mm. Mm. Poor Justine. What are you doing, Justine? Are you making adjustments there? What are you doing there? You're doing some. Uh... What are you doing? Some cross stitching? What's going on? 
I'm dating my planner. Oh my god, I love it. Are you one of those people with like a really meticulously organized planner? Who's your planner? Um, I just have school starting in a bit, so I'm prepping it. <laughs> you know there's always a girl that put like reinforcements <laughs> on her loose leaves? You know, Robert Klein did a did a bit about you know she finishes the test before anybody and then spends the rest of the time putting reinforcements on her loose leaf. You know, play into it, Mario. You gotta ignore it. You can't give him any ground. He loses it. Don't. You're encouraging this. It was so good. Nobody was paying what? No, we all ignored it on purpose. No, everyone ignored it. That's <laughs> everyone ignored it just fine. I must be the dimmest one here because I don't. I don't think he's laughing. At what I think he's laughing. At. <laughs> Let's see. What could be dirty about that? Reinforcements on the sleep. There was nothing dirty. That, it was just. Justine said, "I'm dating my planner," and Jake's dumbass said, "Oh, who's your planner?" Oh, that's pretty good. That's and pretty Mario's good, Jake. Losing his shit because of it. But it was I knew it couldn't be. Yeah. It was, the, it, it was the, the timing. Yeah. It was the timing, and it was also the little smirk on Jake's face, <laughs> and the fact that you're the only one that caught it. It was so <laughs> stupid. It made me laugh, and I could tell. I heard it. I know. I was just like, "Yep." Yeah, we all heard it. Justine you just kept going through. Eyes when I said it, yeah, you saw the pride in my eyes. But I also saw the the reaction with Justine's like, "Nope, ignore it. Keep going. <laughs> just push, push yeah. through." Oh, good stuff, man. Great. Great Dating opening. my planner. <sighs> I needed that laugh. That was good. Mm. You're welcome. Feels good to laugh. So and... who is your planner? Yeah, who is your planner? So show who is your planner? But seriously, who is he? Show us the planner. We, we, we hold it up and show it to us so, see, so we can see what it looks like. It's blank right now. I'm going ahead of time and um, putting the dates. Oh, you are adorable. Patrick, how often... I'm sorry. How much time... Per day, do you think she spends on her planner? If you had to, uh, you had to guess. At least half an hour, forty-five minutes at most. Every day? I mean, that's that's a lot of time. In no, planner. like I'd say maybe like once or twice a week. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, no, she's not crazy. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Justine. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Your spreadsheet, I'm telling you, has been complimented by more than one person. <laughs> the and where can we find that spreadsheet? Uh, hit us up, and we'll send you the link. We'll, we'll link you on Twitter. It's the easiest way to do it. By the way, this is mm-hmm. a great time to uh, to say, follow us on Twitter, at Soup Complex, mm-hmm. S-O-U-P Complex. Uh, if, you, if you happen to listen on Apple, wherever you listen, give us a review. We would love that. We, um, we have no shame. We answer everybody. Yeah, yeah. and if you, yeah. you know, reach out to us on Twitter, if you, uh, I think I told you guys about Podchaser. Podchaser.com is a, uh, is a nice little uh, kind of like a, database for all these podcasts and you can uh, find us there too and you can write a review there just tell us you know what you like about it and uh, leave us a review and that helps us out it helps us get uh, more uh, visibility online so when you search for us uh, you will find us easily Uh, you know especially on the Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all the other places where you can find podcasts so wherever you listen please leave us a review and uh, if you want to reach out to us, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach out to superioritycomplexshow at gmail.com. All right? We don't do that enough. We don't give our uh, information out, but there it is. And you can leave messages. And we'll be friends with you on Twitter if you want. We're friends with a lot of people on Twitter. I mean, I guess. Shout out to Again, Eric no of Aragon, Michael Bagford. No shame. 
Matthew Berkey, the Lily Pot, of course. Mike, you know, Mikey all, Baggy, Mikey Bags, Home Video Mikey Bags, Home Video. We're friends with other podcasts. Home Video Hustle, main chiefly among them, our podcast homies. Uh, we have a lot of uh, we, we, we. I've been uh, going crazy on Twitter, joining other podcast groups. So we have a lot of new friends and allies. So we'll, we'll, you'll be hearing about them soon. Uh, we shout them out all the time on the Twitter. Um, but yeah, follow us on social media. Get involved. Get involved. <laughs> uh, that being said, guys, what a great week. How are you guys all doing? Is everybody doing well? Yeah, good. Yeah, no complaints. Anybody get vaccinated yet? Has anybody gotten the vaccine? They're, they're saying they're going to start no. opening it up to essential workers. Starting. Only- Start, Only you. Well, I don't know if I got it. I'm in that clinical trial, so yeah. I could have, I could have saline solution. 50, 50 yeah, who knows? We'll see. We'll see. We'll find out. Um, my plan is to run so around. What's and, the purpose of having a clinical trial in which they give placebos to some? Because it's a blunt. That's how that works. That's how that works. I don't know. <laughs> That's how it always works. I don't know. I don't know how it works. It's a blind trial so that you don't you can't skew the data one way or another <laughs> if you don't know. I see. So I like see. like let's say Justine gets the, the because they want to know if you're getting symptoms or not and if you think you have the 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 vaccine then they try to avoid anything that's psychosomatic. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So if I think yeah. I have the vaccine and then so for example the day I took the vaccine I hadn't slept the night before, and when I was driving home, I was really tired. Now, if I thought I had the vaccine, I'd go, oh, wow, this vaccine made me really tired. But it could have been that I slept four hours the night before and was now sitting in L.A. traffic. So they don't want any uh, undue influences on the outside. So Right, right. That's right, what right, that right. is. You know what I'm saying? I see. I see. You feel me, dog? I see. I see. I get the picture. Mm-hmm. Guys, <laughs> I see. I see. I get the picture. Um... Did you guys now WandaVision guys? It's heating up over there on WandaVision. WandaVision. I'm the only one, huh? All right. <clears throat> Did you guys catch up? Are you all caught really up? The, is that really the thing? Yeah. Yep. Not caught up. Yes, we watched it. What did you think, Justine? I have to remember what happened in that episode. It was the Halloween episode. Oh, yes. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. How creepy was that? Like, whenever I'm watching my or playing my Animal Crossing, I'm like, someone's probably going like this on the edge, just crying with one little tear coming down their face. Yes. Because they're waiting for <laughs> oh, you to oh show up God. and activate them. So bad. I was like, oh, man. Um, I like how quick the episodes are going with information. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, I'm surprised in the episodes, you're like, oh, he already knows this stuff now. It's already been said, so we're not just waiting for a whole other episode where they're just hiding it. So, um, I liked it. I thought it was good. I liked their costumes. It was funny. Um, I watched a few videos that was telling me that that was their comic um, book outfits. Yes, the original. That's the way they looked way I'm back just, in the 60s. I'm just a little confused because I thought that these Kids. Are we spoiling things or no? Yeah, you can spoil. No, spoiler yes. alert. Spoiler alert. Massive spoiler alert. I thought the kids don't live, but they're not supposed to live. In the house of M, they don't. I mean, and it's not over. They could still die. That's what causes the snap. But I also 
feel like they're trying to lead this to their little, what are they called? The little guys, little Avenger people, like all the kids of the Avengers. Oh, young guys, or uh, the young Titans? Avengers or whatever they are. No, you think oh, okay. the, new, the new mutants? <clears throat> so no, I wasn't it's... sure if they were part of that world and they're trying to gather all this, so I don't know. I just don't think about it anymore. I just enjoy the show. Yeah, it's hard. To, I don't think they're going to follow the House of M storyline exactly because you have to. It goes to some pretty dark places, but you already are seeing uh, the whole. I love how Pietro came, showed up, and just is just like, well, yeah, you're you've had all this trauma. Of course, you're doing this. Like, I wouldn't want to, you know. Like, what does he tell her? He's like, hey, if I was I in like Shang, he's like, I'm the annoying brother. I'm supposed to annoy you. And <laughs> yeah, he was self aware. His whole part. Yeah, yeah. he's completely self aware. Uh, I just don't, whenever she does the parts where she sees them for what they were and how they died, it just freaks me out every time. It's very but. jarring. Mm-hmm. That's it. What did you That's think, Patrick? Idea. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I'm curious to see where they're going. Uh, they're kind of setting up a bunch of different things, like Monica Rambo getting her powers. Uh, the aerospace engineer, there's only really one aerospace engineer we know from Marvel. Uh so I'm curious to see if he'll show up in the next Who episode. Who do you think it is? Reed Richards. Oh. Mr. Fantastic. You think it so? makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. And they've talked about topping John Krasinski for the role. Hmm. I can see that. As well as the next episode that they're talking about style-wise is supposed to be like uh, late 90s, early 2000s. And it's... it's Supposedly, he said that he's doing one episode in the office style, so it would make sense that he kind of shows up in that. Oh, Reed Richards, huh? You think they're going to do the Fantastic? Do you think they're going to bring in the Fantastic Four? Yeah, I think that that's kind of where they're leading to with it, and I would not be surprised if he shows up in the next one. It's kind of interesting how they're using WandaVision to kind of set up all of the next phase of the Marvel movies. Yeah, it is. I think that's interesting and bold. my thing with the aerospace engineer, like why I think it's Reed Richards is this isn't the first time they've mentioned it. She's mentioned it like three times that, yeah. Hey, I have this, this friend who helped me out and you know, so-and-so and like, they keep hinting to it. Like they're making it a big deal. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of hoping that they, so. uh, yeah, they're, they've hit us over the head with it a couple of times already. So we'll yeah. see where that goes. They're really like wink, 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 wink. You Get it? Wink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A nod's as good as a wink to a blind bat, eh? Eh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh? So, you know what I mean? Nudge, nudge. That's kind of what wink. I'm thinking. So. Okay. All right. Yeah, I like that uh, her powers are growing exponentially. She expanded the, uh, the, 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 her, her, what is the, they're calling them the hex. They call it the hex. She expanded yeah. that whole thing. So you see how powerful of a character she is, which I like. Did yeah. you kind of feel? Yeah, that's how I, I was like. Good for her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she she is. She's like. She's scary powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Abs- like absurdly powerful. She is exactly one of the more powerful characters in the Marvel universe, which we hadn't really had a chance to see yet. So now this is kind of. Uh, I, she, this, she could one-on-one Thanos for sure. Like, see, this is she could, she could beat Thanos on her own. This is where. Uh, this show really shows you how sad it is that Agents of Shield wasn't a better show because 
this ties into all the movies and this ties in, brings people in. And of course now it's easier that Disney owns everything, you know, and they have their own, they have their own streaming service to put it on. So you can pay these people more, which you can't necessarily do with like a budget that ABC gives you or whatever. But, um, it would really be interesting to see if they, you know, they rebooted that show or, uh, you know, kind of, I know people are talking about, they want, uh, the, uh, Cat Dennings and uh, the FBI agent to get their own show, so maybe that would be it. Maybe they do like a doesn't Channel Seven uh, Disney owns Channel Seven, right? ABC. Yeah, but they could go back and yeah, they could go back and run them or something. Maybe who knows? Or reboot it. Yeah, <laughs> or well, Shield is gone, so now it'd be Agents of Sword, I guess. But uh, yeah, but uh, Shield is no more. They got taken over by Hydra. Hydra by who? Hydra. Oh, that's right. Um. Yeah. Unity. Unity. That's not yet, John. The show's Hydra. not over. The show's not over yet. I know people can't wait, but the show is not over yet. Um, we're watching Justine here. If you're just joining us, we're watching Justine uh, organize her organizer, which is something you do. She's working very intently. She's dating her planner. She, yeah. She's. Mm-hmm. That's another. In, in other news, it's shocking to Patrick. She's dating her planner. Patrick, how do you feel about that? Are you okay? I'm okay. Okay. Good All hear. I hear is stupid Jake's um, joke now. So stupid. <laughs> but you're smiling, so it worked. It was good. It was a good one because it was the timing. It wasn't a great joke, but it was the timing, and it made me laugh. And it was just mm-hmm. the way he just snuck it in there, like he was so happy, like a little boot, like a little booty That's trap. What, she... what? That's what she said. Whoa. Whoa. Yep. Whoa. Hello. Hello. All right, guys. Unity. Unity. <laughs> hey, when did that Dr. Zaya show? Well, well, who did that? Oh, that's Dana Gould. <laughs> that link? That's Dana Gould. I just, that? I just sent that to you, John. Okay. That's comedian Dana Gould. He's a huge uh, Planet of the Apes fan. And he did that as a bit for a mystery science theater thing, and then he now he's turned it into like oh, a, okay. Now he's turned it into Dr. like Zaya. a now he's turned it into like a little YouTube show. So I hope you yeah. enjoyed it. Did you did you enjoy it? I did. It was really weird. I thought, who put this out? <laughs> Do, the, the Dr. Zayas show. Yeah, hanging with Dr. Zayas. Have you? Are you familiar yeah. with uh, Dana Gould <laughs> at all, John? No. Who's? Where's he from? Oh, he's been around for a while. He's a, he's a stand up. He's been around for for a while. Uh, I'll have to have to link you to some of his stand up. It's really really good. Really solid stand up comedian. But he's a huge uh, huge doctor. Uh, he's a huge Planet of the Apes nerd. As a matter of fact, he wrote uh, a comic that was based on the original screenplay, uh, and they, they actually oh, wow. yeah yeah yeah. I'll lend it to you. I have interesting. Yeah, but he's a huge uh, huge Planet of the Apes fan. There you go. How's that? I'm glad you liked it. Hanging with Doctor Z. Doctor Zayas. Doctor Zayas. Doctor Zayas. Doctor Zayas. Uh, and the Wheels of Steel. Don't forget the Wheels of Steel. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get into it. It's time for the Digital Movie Club. we got to get into our theme here. Uh, I don't know which, which theme we're going to use. Justine, what theme would you like to hear? Um, the OG Fox one. Okay, here we go. OG Fox. Yantan. 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 You're in the club. 
How, you got the black lung pop? Yep. How was that? Mm-hmm. We can't do the Fox one. Disney owns everything and is destroying any un- uniqueness and creativity out there. Yeah, but now we get X Men mm. in our in it. But now we get X Men in our MCU. It wasn't worth it. I didn't want this. That's what I tell people anytime they anytime there's sad news about Disney destroying something else. I'm like, yeah, but now you have X Men in your MCU. You got what you wanted. I didn't ask. It's like Thanos. It's the Soul Stone. You get the wish, but you there's a there's a price to pay. No more blue sky animation. No more uh, no more Fox. No more Fox <laughs> Searchlight. No more all kinds of stuff. And soon, no more Simpsons. Did Disney get the back? Uh, did Disney also get the back catalog of all the classic Fox movies? From the 30s through the I believe the 60s. so. I believe so, yeah. Because on Disney Plus... There used to be a- on Disney Plus, they had like... Uh, they have Journey to the Center of the Earth on there. Okay. Because yeah. there was a classic Fox station years ago, that, a couple years ago, that was competing with Turner. So I guess Disney's got all that classic stuff now. Yeah. Yeah. So, we're you now speaking of classics, it's digital movie club time. We're in the we're in the middle of this is actually a this is a good answer this week was a good uh, kind of a of a of a counterpoint to last week's Valentine show. Uh, we are seeing some romance here, but it's also we're seeing it in a very very dark, twisted way as we make our way through a couple of film noir classics: Billy Wilder's Double Indemnity and Howard Hawks' The Big Sleep. Jake. Which would you yes. like to see? Let's see. Which would you like to discuss first? Double indemnity or the big sleep? Um, let's save hump. Let's save um, Humper Bogart for last. Okay. All right. So we're going to do double indemnity. Billy Wilder's uh, a movie, and uh, Patrick is going to give us the breakdown. So Patrick, go ahead. Give us a breakdown. Double indemnity. Uh, this 1944 film, directed by one Billy Wilder, received an 8.3 on IMDb, 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, with a budget of $927,000. Does it? You not have a box office. Yeah. That's a lot of money back then. It was a hit. It was a big hit. All right, guys. Aside from John and myself, had anyone seen this no. Okay, now this movie stars someone with whom uh, I have a little bit of a controversy with With most, I would say a majority of the people who think Barbara Stanwyck is beautiful, and I think she looks like somebody's grandma all the time. Um, <laughs> Probably because your first exposure to her was the big valley where she is someone's grandma. <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't really know her from that show. I do remember, vaguely remember that show, but uh, she always you, looks you like some... You don't think she's... Uh, you don't think she's sexy in uh, Ball of Fire? Nope. Nope, nope. Mm-mm. Wow. She just, Interesting. I don't know. Uh, uh, now, we, we watched this movie. Nicole watched it. And I said, what did you think of that movie? And I said, I said, did you see the twist coming? And she said, yes. And I said, well, why did you see the twist coming? And she said, because she's way too beautiful for Fred McMurray. And I said, you think Barbara Stanwyck is too beautiful for Fred McMurray? <laughs> Go, Nicole. <laughs> and I just never, I just never got the appeal. I get the appeal as an actress. That's I think, great. I think she always has a great persona. I think she has a great screen persona, great presence, good personality. 
but I just never thought of her as someone who's like, you know, mm. you know, she definitely seems like someone you'd want to hang out with, but I never put her up there with the, and this is, I'm not trying to slam or be a misogynist, but you know, you think of, <laughs> you think of people like Lana Turner or somebody who's like, you know, considered a great screen beauty. And I just never, and, but people say that about Barbara Stanwyck all the time. And I'm like, no, she's, I like her. She just looks like someone's grandma all the time. Mm. Well, yeah, she's not Lana Turner, but she's attractive. I always thought she was pretty attractive. A lot of it's attitude too. She's got a very sexy. Yes. Attitude. I do love when the attitude. When she's in something like this or uh, ball of fire, it's really a very <laughs> sexy attitude. So maybe that goes a long way, but I always thought she was fairly attractive. All right. Well, let's now that we're done being chauvinist pigs, let's see who wants to uh, Patrick. Um, I didn't love this one. What? It's just okay. I know. Uh, shocker, right? Um, it was just okay for me. Like, it wasn't anything I was blown out of the water. Oh my god, this is the next great film for me. It was just okay. The story was pretty predictable as far as what's happening. There's another man involved besides him. It was just whatever. So, I'm... Before we before we go on, the, the, the story is this. Fred McMurray is, a, is an insurance salesman. Shows up at uh, Barbara Sandrick's house to sell her husband, to re-up her husband's insurance policy. Um, and then, uh, next thing you know, he's playing patty cake with uh, Barbara Stanwyck. And they're planning, patty to, cake. they're planning to bump off the, uh, the husband and, uh, and then keep the money for themselves. Uh, all the while, Fred McMurray has to uh, kind of stay one step ahead of his friend and his co-worker, who is an insurance investigator and, and it's, it specializes in fraud cases. So um, it's this whole idea. It's, it's, you know, it is pretty standard now, but at the time, this is a pretty, um, uh, this is a pretty seedy plot for the time. Would, wouldn't you agree, yeah, John? I'm, yeah. The, I don't know that's if it's because it's something we've seen before as far as like, you know, the insurance scam, but mm-hmm. that might be part of it, honestly. Well, it's because it has been done a million times at the time. Uh, most studios didn't want to take a chance on this story. It was already 10 years old and they'd all taken a pass. They said, I don't think there's any way to film this. Uh, they thought it was a little, for the time, it's a little dark. It's a little, you know, the idea of, uh, you know, there's a lot of sex and violence in this story. They had to find a way to tone it down. This is like 1944. They had to find a way to kind of tell it. They said, once this movie was such a big hit, everybody, they say, that's kind of what started that, that wave of uh, film noir in the late forties early 50s everybody wanted a piece of this they started uh they said they were rewriting it they just were like i think james kane was trying to sue anybody who had a story where somebody's trying to bump off their their husband and get some money uh everybody you know billy wilder kind of kicked down the door because uh after this everybody said oh there is a way to shoot this sort of story and of course now 60 years later 70 years later yeah it's you know you got blood we've simple seen it a million times. yeah we've got all kinds of stuff so blood simple Fargo uh you know um, body heat it's it's been done a million times but it was fairly fresh when this came out as as far as movies go you might read about it like in the pulps or like uh, hard boiled fiction but movie, as far as movies go this is a pretty fresh approach and a pretty fresh telling but I I can understand that decades later it doesn't seem so fresh anymore Patrick I will agree with you Mario I didn't think she was that pretty. Wow, what a jerk thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) Just throw him under the bus there. You're you're talking about about the cattle queen of Montana, 
Barbara Stanwyck. All right. You're talking about Sugar Lips uh, O'Shea. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I were the Sugar Hips O'Shea. Patrick. Sorry. Patrick, let me ask you a question. How many times, if you had to estimate, how many times do you think Fred McMurray, Fred McMurray, said the word "baby" in this movie? <laughs> oh, at least like four or five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I would say probably more than like anyone should. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Okay. And baby, how many times did baby? we're all good? How many times baby? did somebody light a match? <laughs> oh, with yeah. just the flick of the fingernail. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, baby. I love when he finally says, "You know, they sell matches with those cigars." Matches, <laughs> yeah. Shit. You did get to see Edward G. Robinson, though. Did you like Edward G. Robinson? I thought you might like him. He was. I mean, he was all right. He didn't really steal anything for me. Um, like he wasn't a really strong side character. What? Yeah, it was just okay. Wow, he's a guy who's unraveling the whole thing. <laughs> I liked that's probably the scene I liked him in the most was when he was like saying, Well, this is probably what happened, and he starts breaking everything down. Yeah. And you see uh what's his face sweating? That little man inside of me. You know, I love all that. <laughs> little man inside of me. I go, You got any got a Pepto-Bismol? any bromo seltzer? <laughs> Patrick, I'm sorry. I, always <laughs> I didn't hate it. It was just okay. I always feel I always feels bad when I disappoint Patrick. I do. I really do. Because he's so innocent and he loves movies. And then when I don't give him a good one. And I you think. don't care when you torture me? No. <laughs> we do that for the last, right? Oh, Patrick, disappointed in a movie. Mm-hmm. Well, because you're entertaining. You. You're entertaining. Patrick really gets sad. You just get annoyed and then you move on. And so, <laughs> Patrick like internalizes it. I feel bad. He's a sensitive. It, it sticks with me for the rest of my life. He does, he's, he's, a I think, uh, he's a sensitive boy. I think, uh, Patrick's deep abiding love for Casablanca cuts him a lot of slack. He fell in love with that movie to a point where you can almost <laughs> forgive him for hating a lot of other movies. Well, you know what it is, too? When yeah. Patrick loves falls in love with a movie, he falls in like when he talked about like the apartment or things like that stuff that he was kind of never heard of. Uh, but then he loved like it, or the odd know. couple. He really he loves it. Uh, so, yeah. Such a good movie. Yeah. See? Yeah. And then with. So it's not capri- it's not capricious. It's just yeah. It really yeah. didn't <laughs> didn't get to him. Also, I'm always, I'm always like, oh, I think Patrick will like this. And then he doesn't. I feel like, oh, man, that's a bummer. I really thought he would like this one. I'm a disappointment. I'm sorry. No, it's not disappointing at all. I feel like I disappointed <laughs> you. And I'm so sorry. I apologize. Justine's like, hello, I'm a miss sat through 50 James Bonds that just ripped my heart out. <laughs> no apologies. To I hope me. you guys I sit through how many James Bonds. <laughs> I don't know. Bond titles now, and I hate the guy. <laughs> I can almost picture that somebody throws a thing out at work and says, "Just the, uh, the uh, Justine has to chime in." What's the one where the lasers uh, aimed right between his legs, and Justine's all Goldfinger? <laughs> <laughs> what? What's the one where he goes in outer space? Uh, Moonraker, get away from me! <laughs> Poor Justine, man. I here's what I did to Justine. If you think about it. She hates James Bond, so I go to the era that predates James Bond, and then I fill it with Humphrey Bogart movies. So it's like she can't. <laughs> it's like, I know. <laughs> you know. I know. If you really want to, feel bad. <laughs> oh, we're gonna do forty bogey movies. Oh, we're done with James Bond, but how about the entire Bogart filmography? <laughs> oh, beautiful. Let's do it. Uh, uh, let's do it. That would that'd be cool. Jake, double indemnity. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I thought it was decent. 
Um, <laughs> is I don't know. I can't put it into. I just don't. I just, it was okay. I didn't like them. I didn't like the main guy all that much. Because he was a yeah. Because he screwed over Jack Lemmon. Speedy bastard. <laughs> Did you say, "Hey, that shell drink"? <laughs> It's like oh, young, yeah, it it's young Sheldrake. That's do you know how it goes? Did anyone catch that? This is Sheldrake. Yeah. yeah. Why hasn't anyone done that spinoff on CBS? Like, young Sheldrake, and it's a young, the character from, and he's like sleeping his way up to the top of the insurance young company. Young Fred McMurray. Yeah. Also, how did he get away? How did he? How did he get away with it? Almost. How did he almost get away with it? Uh, because he was an insurance man. He knew all the ins and outs. He knew all the questions that Edward G. Robinson would be asking. He almost got it. But it is, the message of these movies is you something always slips up. There's always human error that, that screws it up for you. He thought of every angle. You know, he's thinking of every angle. And then he goes, yeah, except I'm walking down the street going, it could all go wrong tomorrow. You know? Yeah. I mean, it was it was also pretty predictable, too. At least for me, it was pretty easy. You've seen the story that. now. How many times? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seen it a million times. That's the problem with old movies. Is it's Nothing covering it, old ground. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was, it was just okay. Were you in love with uh, Barbara was, Stanwyck, though? Yeah, she right. <laughs> she right. <laughs> not, not ugly. Maybe, I've seen worse. Patrick's head, like Patrick's head is shaking. Like, yeah, it's always, it's always the bangs. She wears bangs all the time. That's right. She always, right? That's what does it. Yeah. Hey, nobody's mentioned the she wig. Bangs. You don't like bangs? She bangs. Uh, they said people complained about the wig even at the time. Billy Wyler said, I did that on purpose. I wanted her to look phony, and I wanted her to look cheap. <laughs> so, Because uh, at the time... Uh, Paramount was saying, God, well, what about the wig? It looks pretty bad. And Barbara Stanley was like, yeah, what about this wig? And he says, I want you to look phony and cheap. I want it to look like a bad wig. Because <laughs> so, some people, like, they zero in on that. They go, good movie. What a terrible wig. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even, okay. Mission successful. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Uh, Justine, let's get your thoughts on Double Indemnity. Um... I, okay, so I don't like these movies. Kind of started to blend in after a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care for the movies. I just like the woman in it. Mm-hmm. I like that they have a voice. Mm-hmm. I hate that they have to put up with these baby honey, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. doll, whatever. Get out of here! Just like ugh. Put and I just the thing that just really turns me off about this time is all the face hitting. I can't stand. I just mm. um, oh yeah, that, is, but, that was the other one. But I'm saying like it's just everything that they did. I just, I can't stand it with the um, this movie. I just didn't believe that this guy fell in love so quickly and how hard he was trying to just date her. Like, aren't there other women in the freaking city? It just kind of drove me crazy. I didn't understand that why he worked so hard for that. Um, I didn't see the twist. I only started to figure it out when the daughter, was it the daughter that said he, he kept coming over or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it, was it was the um, yeah, the insurance it was adjuster. The detective. Yeah, he was on. I like that guy. I thought he was great. I thought he stole the show. Edward G. Robinson. In the beginning, you're like, yeah, you're like he's just a little part, and then he he's like, yeah, and this guy's falling. 
it's like he's for us and he's rooting for us and the whole thing. But I don't like the talking. I don't enjoy it. I don't need someone to tell me what they're thinking in their mind. It's just <laughs> oh, the narration. Stupid. Oh, the oh, the the narration. It, just yeah. reminded, it reminded me of uh, Blade Runner. Uh, Harrison Ford. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like, and that's the part stupid. people hate about Blade Runner. <laughs> it's the narration, yeah. Well, you know, guys, they don't advertise yeah. for killers in the newspaper. That's me. <laughs> Ex-cop. Ex-Blade Runner. What? I think uh, I think this was, that was kind of new <laughs> at the time. That was kind of new itself, having a flashback narration. I think that was had not been done a lot. Now it's been done a billion times. It's probably why they did it in Blade Runner to make it kind of feel more like a. I will like an say old noir. this though, Justine. This is the only movie where the narration makes sense because you see him recording it. You so there's 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 actually a, a yeah they're doing that. And but I also I, I guess because I didn't know what was happening, I was like, why is he so sweaty and disgusting? Why do we have to keep getting <laughs> back to this? Why do I want to see him like this? You know, that part was just gross to me. But um, you didn't see the bullet hole in his uh, in his jacket. I didn't want to look at him when he was talking. Ah, wow. <laughs> I'm like, why you're does just, this guy, wow. you disgust this guy me. go to a gym and then start to record this thing? <laughs> that was wow. No one wants to stare at a sweaty Sheldrake. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> the sweaty Sheldrakes. You that's, know, a band. that's a great band name or a podcast. Um, the uh, Sheldrake. I'll tell you what I do like, Justine. Even though it is, um, I love. Even though you know this goes against your, you know, because you know, you're right. Barbara Shandwick is you such love. a strong character, and she's you know the the mastermind the whole time, um, which is great. But it's just crazy how cold blooded he is when he kills her. Like to me, like that's something mm-hmm. that um, that really stands out in this movie. Because he just call he just does it. He's just like there's no like big old long speech. He's just like sorry, baby, and then it's done. He's like wow. Yeah, but she had just taken a shot at him. No, and she was she was prepared to knock off uh, you know the daughter and her boyfriend. She was going to knock off everybody. Yeah, 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 including him. Oh no, 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 no. no. I'm not I'm not defending her or him. I just love the yeah. cold bloodedness. Like that's a great. Yeah. Like that scene is yeah. great because of how cold blooded it is. Like you know, that's just yeah. no. Well, of course it was because it wasn't believable that they fell in love that quick. That's what mm. Nicole said. Well, Nicole said Nicole's thing was, yeah, of course. Like she was way too good looking for him, so you knew she was using him. And it's like, whoa, mm. dang, that's cold, cold blooded. Kind of shut down your I, argument. I just, I, <laughs> yeah, I hate, and I'm, I mean, I'm glad they kind of addressed it where he's like, and you're going to do this, and you're not. She's like, yes, I know. I know, and she would repeat it. Yes, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know what I have to do, and I just oh, I can't watch these movies anymore. You are we love almost them. out of the forties. We are all. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure. I watched, I watched hey. both of the movies, and then I watched Charade right after. So. Oh, we are going to watch Charade soon. Oh, okay. I got a little cleanse for what just happened. That's coming uh, up. Had you seen Sh- had you seen Charade before? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, good, good. Well, don't don't bother. Yeah, we that is one of the ones coming up. That is that's coming up. So okay. Yeah, don't worry. We're I think that's some- a funny that's a funny line. Almost are we almost done with the forties? We're gonna get some cleansing. Are we there yet? We're almost there. We're almost there. Another seven, eight, nine weeks, and we're almost there. Uh, John, double indemnity. You're a big Billy Wilder guy. Yeah, I'm, 
I'm the odd man out. I, I like it. I do see how this would look kind of old hat after all these years. But at the time, it was it was pretty fresh stuff. The uh, the subject matter and the approach to it was pretty fresh. After, you know, but we've now had, you know, decades of people uh, aping it. And evidently, from what I read, they were copying it like right out the gate, like a month later, you know, because um, it made a lot of money. And it kind of showed the way. And you know who was a big fan of this uh, of this movie was, uh, well, first of all, he said what was kind of nice is he got some compliments from uh, James Kane, who wrote the book. And um, I think it helped that he had Raymond Chandler helping him with the dialogue. Yes. Which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the dialogue is really strong. And they say a lot of that is Raymond Chandler knew how to write dialogue. Uh, they said Kane's book was great, Bussy. but uh, he wasn't particularly good. At, he wasn't that great at dialogue. They said that uh, it looked great on the page, but for the movies, they needed something a little snappier. So a lot of that stuff, they said Chandler was really good at, at the, uh, the pattern. This was snappy. Yeah. Yeah. So he said that was like a nice compliment. He said Kane liked it a lot. Somebody else who liked it a lot was uh, Alfred Hitchcock. Ah. Alfred Hitchcock said this is, and he said that meant a lot to him to hear that Hitchcock really liked it a lot. He said that means a lot because, you know, he knows how to do one of these. Sure. And so, yeah, he said, yeah, sharp. He was really a fan. By the way, uh, uh, speaking of Hitchcock, uh, Justine, do you know what they, do you know that some people call, they say Charade is the greatest Hitchcock film that Hitchcock never made? Did you know that they said that about uh, Charade? (laughs) Just to just to throw that out there, um, but uh, yeah, John, th- this does have the feel of like those those '40s Hitchcock movies in a lot of ways. It does, and so that's why he said he was so flattered that Hitchcock liked it because this is pretty early on. I think this is Billy Wilder's third movie, and he really wanted to be known as a serious contender. Uh, you know, uh, so this is his first real big one, and it was up for a lot of awards. It was up for best picture. It was up for best. Uh, I think it was up for screenplay actor. It didn't win anything. <laughs> well, you can see why it's very dark. Very dark, but like I said, very popular, made a lot of money. Critics dug it. The audience liked it. Yeah. And immediately people started copying it. But it's funny that it didn't win any Academy Awards. His next film, The Lost Weekend, is the one that won all the awards. Yes. So he didn't right. have, he only had to wait about another year to get the acclaim. Boy, he was doing, but, dealing uh, with some dark stuff when everybody else is kind of doing, uh, you know. He, he was, yeah, he was dealing with some stuff. Well, he wasn't afraid. I think he's one of those guys who would like to take up a challenge. And so if if uh, Hollywood said, oh, you know, you can't do this kind of movie, there's no way to do it. He took that as a challenge. Oh, yeah, I think you can do this kind of movie. I'll show you how. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I like this movie. I think that um, the characters are just interesting, particularly the Edward G. Robinson for uh, for the little as he's in it. He's the one that holds your attention because he's the one that you just know is going going to unravel it. <laughs> so you're constantly watching him kind of the way Fred McMurray is. Is, is he going to crack this? Because he's, he's thinking, I've thought of everything since I work in the office. I know how this guy's brain works. I think I've thought of every possible thing that they're going to look at, every angle. And as he starts unraveling it, you just go, yeah, this is <laughs> he's going to get him at the at the end. He's going to figure out exactly how he did it. You know, oh. So I thought that was clever that he walks in as he's kind of confessing into the, uh, what do they call those, a dictograph? Yeah, dictaphone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dictaphone. I think that was kind of uh, interesting that he walks in right when he's kind of doing his his, uh, confession. I thought that was a pretty good way to end it. It was supposed to end with him going to the uh, the gas chamber. They even shot it. They uh, they built a mock-up of what the real gas chambers look like. 
and the last scene was going to be uh, was going to be uh, Edward G. Robinson looking through the window, and uh, Fred McMurray strapped down, and they're going to turn on the gas. And they showed it to test audiences, and it was a little too much. So Billy Walder thought, okay, we'll toss that out. Maybe there's a better way to end this. And he thought, best way to end this is the person he's probably closest to, I mean, really closest to, is Edward G. Robinson, you know, in kind of a, you know, uh, they said it's kind of an odd way to put it, but the only person he really feels any affection for is his boss. <laughs> you know, even at the beginning when he lights a cigarette, you know, lights a cigar and says, yeah, I love you too. You know, he said, that's a pretty good way to go out. You yeah. Know? Because the, the key line is when he says, you know, you never knew that it was the guy just sitting across the desk from you. Mm-hmm. And uh, Edward D. Robinson says, even closer, even closer. Yeah. So it's kind of subtle, but it, it goes to show you they had some mutual respect for each other. And it kind of stings to find out that he was the one that was behind it, you know. Uh, let's, so let's, anyway, I always and I always like Barbara Stanwyck. I, I do find her attractive and I think she's a hell of an actress. And the year this um, the year this came out, she was the top paid actress in the country. Well, she was uh, she was on top so for a long time. She, Going back she was kind to riding high. She was yeah. the top. Yeah, uh, probably the, the best paid woman in in uh, the country when this came out. Wow. Well, she, you know, she's very versatile. You see, you look at her body of work and she's done it all. She does dramas and comedies and, and, uh, everything. And, uh, she's- Oh, you know how Billy Wilder got her to do this? Uh, she didn't want to do it. She said, you know, I've got a pretty good career going. I've done a lot of parts. I'm popular. And she said, this is a pretty, this is like a, a cold blooded murderess. And I'm not sure I want to take this part. And Billy Wilder really thought there's nobody else that can do it. So he said to her, uh, well, what are you? You uh, an actress or a mouse? <laughs> she said, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> he said, I knew that would get her, you know, because she was kind of a strong-willed person. So he's all, oh, you're afraid of it, huh? You know? and she's all, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, she did a great job. She was great in it. She was great in it. So uh... he's, that, was a, that was his only choice for that part. They went through about three or four other people. They had other ideas for the guy, and nobody wanted to do it. They said, this is not a... This is not a very sympathetic part. So nobody, everybody passed on it. So Fred McMurray might've been like third or fourth down the list, but for, uh, for Phyllis, uh, the only person he thought could do it was Barbara Stanwyck. So. All right, guys, it's time for the moment of truth. Ranking it. Justine. She keeps, uh, what was that? Justine, one more time. Five. Whoa, don't snap at me, first of all. A five? I said five. Uh, <laughs> I said five, baby. Jake? <laughs> I'll give it a six. Patrick? Six and a half. John Sandy? I give it an eight. This is, uh, for film noir, this has got to be like in the top five, without a doubt. I'm going to give it a seven. I'm going to give it a seven. How about that? How about How that? about it? All right. Let's move on to Big Sleep. 1946, but actually filmed earlier. All righty. Big Sleep released 1946. Got a 7.9 on IMDb. 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Got a release date of August 23rd, directed by Howard Hawks. With a budget of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Wow. Yep. 
All right. Pretty cool. Amazing. Pretty cool. The Big Sleep, another another huge movie in the film noir. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking Cannon. for, John? Canon. <laughs> Thank you. Canon. I'm like, couldn't find the word. I'm sorry. Uh, and of course, this stars Justine's one of Justine's all time favorite actors, Humphrey Bogart, and uh, not a lot of smiling in this one though, uh, Justine. So that was good for you. <laughs> She's so disgusted. He's still he's still in the film. Nothing is good. <laughs> Justine really hates Justine. Who do you dislike more, Sean Connery or Humphrey Bogart? Humphrey. Really. Yes. Do you feel like Humpy he, Dumpy. Do you feel like Humphrey Bogart is your least favorite actor? <clears throat> yes. Wow. <clears throat> he's he's right there with Chris Pine. Wow. Yeah, what a weird Ooh, She I, really doesn't like Chris Pine. Why doesn't she like Chris Pine, Patrick? She thinks he's a dork and not in a good way. You don't find him a dorkable? No. Hmm. What about the new uh, I just st- don't it's funny. get why people think he's cute. I just don't see it. I wouldn't mind mm. him if people just didn't try to make him the lead. <laughs> mm. I just don't believe it. You didn't even That's like why. him in in the new in the Star Trek reboot. I haven't seen all of them, but no. I thought he was a. I thought he was an excellent Captain Kirk. I think I saw him in the first one, and I was like, nah. And then I didn't watch the other ones. Oh, all. you're going to be really disappointed when we get to the 2000s. <laughs> I'm already disappointed. Wow. It's happening. Jeez Louise. All right. Let's talk about the big sleep. Uh, Let's go with Jake this time. Jake. Now, I'm not even going to try to explain the plot of the big sleep because no matter how many times I watch this movie, I still, I'm still. It's indecipherable. Yeah. I'm still not quite sure what happens. Uh, This is, uh, of course, Philip Marlowe, the Raymond Chandler's famous detective. um, And he is called to the house of a General Sternwood to uh, find a missing limo driver, but then uh, gets uh, sidetracked by one of uh, Sternwood's daughters to find the, uh, 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 well, it's a long story. (laughs) So let's go with, uh, let's start with Jake, uh, and let's find out what he thought of The Big Sleep starring Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. Jake. So what is this movie about? Oh, Jake. (laughs) Yeah, so so, so... So what happened? <laughs> well, I'm so con- I was so confused. I'm like, what's going on? I got news for you. When they when they showed this movie to Raymond Chandler, the author of the book, he mm-hmm. didn't know who had done it either, but he loved it. He said, "I have no hey, idea." Mario, yes, sir. You you got to tell him from the top. This movie is missing about 15 minutes of exposition. N- not anymore. Explain not- what it was about. Well. What did so? What, what version did they watch? You know? Well, the, the it's still tough. The standard version now is the version that 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 uh, was the uh, it. It's a, like a, kind of the an original? amalgam of both. It's an amalgam it? of both. It adds the, uh, the okay. F- so if you saw the footage with the racehorse dialogue, where they're talking about ra- racing horses, uh, that kind of is the that's kind of like the, the that's now. The, the one that's kind of the standard version. It's kind of an amalgam mm-hmm. of both. But what's missing from both is there's a scene in the DA's office where they kind of go over right. the case point by point. And uh, that yeah. doesn't exist anymore in any of the versions. So they purposely excised that in favor of more scenes 
between Bogart and Bacall, who had become kind of a phenomenon, something like a phenomenon at this point. And married. By the time this came out, they were married, so people wanted more of them together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt, but there's a reason that 15 minutes was boring, but it explained everything, and they cut it out, so nobody knows what the hell this movie is about. <laughs> so, Jake, continue. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, sorry, I like Jake. Humphrey Bogart. Mm-hmm. I like Humphrey Bogart. I like the, the main girl I don't remember the name of. Lauren Bacall. Lauren Bacall. Mrs. Yeah, Humphrey. she was good. That was great, you know. It's just like... A, there's like... If everything meshed together, I would enjoy this movie. But this, yeah, it was just kind of me just staring at the screen. Like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on. Well, who's like, well, who did it? Well, it leaves me very, it leaves me very unsatisfied at the very end. I'm like, I still don't understand what's going on. Carmen. (laughs) (laughs) Zing. It came right back. It came back to bite Jake. (laughs) Nice work, Justine. Um, Well, <laughs> he didn't like that, did he? He didn't. Like <laughs> the shoe was on the, nah. the shoe was on the other foot, nah. and he did not like it. Uh, well, the, <laughs> there's so much going on. You know that the, the you know the, the there's at least one death that you never quite know who did. And that's Sean Regan. You never really know who killed him. Mm-hmm. You understand that Carmen was probably responsible for the death of the person who ended up behind the wheel. Of the of the limo that went over the pier, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you so you kind of it's all alluded to, but the thing you you leave with the fact is that Bogart knows enough to sell it to the DA and get Lauren Bacall off if she's implicated in anything. So that's all you really need to know. Uh, so you you have to you have to be safe with the, the fact that you have to feel comfortable with the fact that. The main character knows the whole story, but you don't. But like, I feel like the whole the whole point of like a noir movie, mm-hmm. it's like you you two are trying to figure this thing out. And if I'm left, just no, that's an Agatha. Not knowing, that's an Agatha Christie movie. Agatha Christie. Yeah, but I want to know. I want to understand. No, make any me understand. Any detective movie, you want to know at the end. Did I figure it out? Did I not? You want to connect the dots. Yes. I get it, Jake. You yes. want to be satisfied. What was this all about? And if you end it with, I still don't know what it was about. It's unsatisfying. Yeah. 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 I get it. I mean, yeah. I mean, I would still, I would still be kind of okay if I don't necessarily know who done it, but I know, I know what happened. I know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. Right I don't know what's going on. Let me ask you a yeah. question. Who do you think did it? <laughs> Agatha Christie did it. This is, this is why the fuck not. I totally agree with you, Jake, as well. But I will tell you, this is one of the few movies that doesn't wrap things up neatly, and I don't really mind because it's this movie is much more style over over substance. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a great example of film noir. You have some great performances, and in the end, does it come together neatly? Not at all. But I still, it's still fun to watch. I think. At least for me, I can see. I can't see Justine's face, but I'm sure she's frowning. Um, well, then it heavily relies on the performances of the actors. Exactly. Exactly. Bingo. And that's Bingo. A, and so I totally understand people that give this movie a one or they hate it, and I totally understand the people yeah. that say this is the best 
film noir movie ever. I get both sides. I'm somewhere in between, honestly, because I'm like you, Jake. I want to know, like, just what, every time I watch it, I go, okay, I'm going to figure this out. But they, there's so many characters that are named that you're like, wait, who's Eddie Mars's wife? Now, wait a minute, who's uh, mm-hmm. who's this guy now? And then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, and then people are showing up late in the movie. It's like, I'm Jones. I'm here to watch you get beat up and then drink poison. And you're like, who's this guy? Why is the, why is the, <laughs> like, who's he? why is he got two people? Yeah. Why is two, why are two people with them? Exactly. Why is the gunman from, from Maltese Fall, Falcon following him again? It's like, what is going on? It's so weird. But, you know, uh, where's the great, Batman? There's a great movie that a lot of people probably watched that does it right. Knives Out. Uh, that's that's a, uh, you're right, but that's more of an Agatha slightly, Christie. Slightly that's less m- noir. That's that's more of an Agatha Christie, it, like who done it? We're all going to be in one house, and then you know. That's what I want. Okay, because you know what? You're trying to piece it together throughout the whole thing, and then at the very end, it's just like this is what happened. It all like, it all comes together. Yeah, you want that? I knew it. You want that book ended with a nice little bow on it? I get that. Thank you. There's nothing wrong with that. Um. Patrick, what did you think of the big sleep? Uh, I really enjoyed this one. I had a lot of fun with it. It was really convoluted. I couldn't understand who did what and why they did it, but the acting was really solid and the characters were probably the most interesting part of this film. Um, Everybody was really dynamic and really interesting. And as Justina said earlier, they had some really strong women in this that weren't really one-sided they were multi-dimensional which was interesting mm-hmm. um and i had fun with this film uh do i know exactly what happened and why it happened no does it really matter to me no i enjoyed it <laughs> so you're exactly one of the people that I've, I've mentioned that can watch this movie for the performances and for the style and everything and just go along yeah, with it i mean i i would be tempted to watch it like another two times to try and figure out what the fuck's going on but at the same time i'm just kind of <laughs> like i'm okay with not really knowing <laughs> uh again raymond chandler himself did not know who who and at one point i guess they asked him about who had killed the limo driver off the pier and because they, they didn't know it, it started that so they said like contact raymond chandler and find out and raymond chandler realized that he had left a plot hole he realized, oh, I never even, I don't even know who did that. So he had left you the plot You know you're hole. in trouble. You're in trouble if the uh, the guy that wrote the book doesn't know. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Nobody. But still, you're right, Patrick. There's so many great elements to this movie. The um, the whole thing, you know, the, 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 what is it? Is it Colonel or do they call him General Sternwood? Sternwood. General Sternwood. That he has if to... the plot was like weaker... Or if the characters were weaker, I would be really like, okay, I don't want to watch this. But the characters were so unique and dynamic that it didn't bother me as much. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I could deal with that. And you're also dealing with some really seedy stuff. You know, like what's yeah. Carmen into? You know, there's all this stuff that, you know that's that's alluded to. and uh, and They uh, can't say it. They can't <laughs> say it. But obviously, you know, she's... There's this roll of film, and there's obviously they have obviously have compromising pictures of her that uh, you know, and so this this crazy, there's this whole this crazy. I love it because it's like this whole seedy underworld. There's like book dealers using you know using their business as a front for all this stuff, and there's all this kind of crazy stuff that he stumbles. Yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, it's really really cool, and I just love the idea that the general's sitting in this house 
in a greenhouse because he can't, uh, you know, he's he's cold all the time and sits in there with his orchids and, uh, you know, has to watch people drink so he can enjoy it vicariously. Yeah, you're right, Patrick. There's a he's lot got of got that consumption. Yeah, there's a lot of great characters in this, you know. And I like Philip Marlowe as a detective. I like that he's got the little secret panel with the guns in his car and he's got all this crazy, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. And Bogart's really good at playing these kind of roles, you know. So let's go over to yeah. Justine and find out what she thought of The Big Sleep. Justine, hi. <laughs> uh... Take it away. The only thing that saves this movie is the girls. All of them? Uh, I, I, all of them. I liked all of them. Yeah. I thought the very first girl we saw was like, she's beautiful. And then you see another girl, I'm like, she's cute too. And I like all their, um, I really fell in love with all of their deep voices. Mm-hmm. And when I thought about it, I was like, there's not a lot of girls out there who have deep voices now. Yeah. <laughs> there's Emma Stone who does it. There's like a few girls who have a deep voice, but their deep voice, it was just beautiful. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the women a lot. I just did not care for the rest of the movie. I feel like, uh, like you were saying, like people who enjoyed it, who didn't really care about the story or what happened to it is how I feel about Breakfast at Tiffany's. Like I enjoy watching Audrey Hepburn, but what the hell is the story? Mm -hmm. But yeah, I enjoy it. Like I can watch it over and over just to watch Audrey Hepburn over yeah. and over. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. No, I mean, but this because I'm not a Humphrey Go Bo Go Bog Bogart Hobby Dobby Hobby Dobby Bogart because I'm not a Humphrey Bogart fan. I just do will never never watch this again. But I was glad to see women like that. I thought they were gorgeous. The girl in her shorts, I couldn't stop staring at her legs. And I was like, all right, Humphrey Bogart, we're looking at the same thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, she is beautiful. And I loved it. And even the daughter, like, I just thought every woman in this, even there was a girl in the office for a little bit. And I thought she was pretty, too. Um, I thought, you know who I, yeah. well, I always end up being kind of uh, smitten with is the girl in the bookstore. The girl that like oh, helps him yeah. out. The girl that, is that the one where he's like, "You should be a detective." Yeah, 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 yeah. Where she's got yeah, the I her she's got the glasses on, and and it was great because yeah. this movie's during the war. I even like that there's a female cab driver, and what does she say? Yeah, she goes, uh, "Hey, follow that car." And what does she What does she say? She's like, "I'm your man," or what does she say? She I'm said, your girl. I'm your girl. Yep. Yeah, she says something. And then when like, he asks her, "Do you do this all the time?" Like, she's like, "I have my other like, job." No, only during the day. Yeah. I'll see you at nights. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, See me at nights. It's kind of yeah, it, like all of the women killed it. They just the story. Yeah, I got lost in the story. There was really no, like after a while, I was like, I really hope they explain things so I can understand this, but it didn't. <laughs> and um, every time I thought it was going to end, it didn't. They had a lot of that. You're like, oh, it's done. No, it's not. It's just going to keep going. It's going to keep going. That, it's uh, just gonna give me more Bogart that I asked for. I well, you know, it's 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 really funny because Lauren Bacall and like John said, they were married at this point. But when you see Lauren Bacall, for me, she always looks so different than every other actress at the time. Like when you you can imagine when she appeared, um, it was something different. Like there was kind of a you know she she had she she represented a very different look. I think. Uh, 
up to that time. Like they always make her up and make her look beautiful, but she almost has like a more naturalistic look to her. To me, even though she's all made up, yeah, she she looks like a very, she looks like a girl. She's not you, a glamour puss. No, she looks like a girl you would know, but she's also just very strikingly. She's also very striking. You know, she has a really cool look to her, and the attitude, again, kind of like Barbara Sandwick, like she's so, uh, you know, she's so self possessed. You know, and uh, I would say her looks as like I liked her in the movie. I would not remember what she looked like after this. Like, give me like four more movies, and I still won't remember what she looked hmm, like. I just don't think she was as memorable. I think she was good in the movie. I just don't think she's memorable. Interesting. But she, was pretty. she looked pretty normal. I thought she blended in with like, like all the girls. I thought she blended in with all of them. But, they all looked but the you same. would remember her voice. I'll remember that there was a girl in there that had a really deep voice, and I enjoyed it. Okay. A lot of them, though, did. They didn't really play. Hi, I don't know. It was interesting. I enjoyed that. Okay. There was a new um, thing I haven't seen in that time. It wasn't the girl in King Kong with her little baby voice and <laughs> Well, you know what, Justine? Honestly, this this was made this was made during the war. So this is a time when women are now going to work in the factories and and doing the stuff. They've doing... seen some. They see some shit. They've yeah. Done it. They've exactly. It. They know. They know. Yeah, they know. So mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. I do love that. You're right. Just he ends up having to deal with a lot of women, and they're not all damsels in distress. They're not, you know, a lot of them are very self possessed. Yeah. They they know what they're doing. Um, I love the scene where she's in the, you know, where she's uh, gambling, where she's like, "Oh yeah, just give me. I, I want to make this bet. Give me more money." You know, like and she wins. <laughs> oh, that's so great. I love it. Um, I love roulette. When they played it, I was like, "Yes, bet on roulette. Do it. <laughs> do it. Let's see. They haven't had red in a while. Vote on it. Yeah, are good. And everything's black and white. How can you tell it's red?" Uh, John, John, where does the big sleep fall in your uh, in your in your view? It's one of my favorite Bogarts. Um, I like it even better than the Maltese Falcon. It's it's right up there. Even though I've seen it a hundred times, I still couldn't tell you what the hell it's about. I still don't know who did it, or, or you know, I got a rough idea that Eddie Mars is behind a lot of it and was a real dirty dealer, but I still couldn't tell you what the plot is step by step. But for I me, it's I, I guess one of those. Yeah, it's just I'm one of those people that just enjoy seeing all these interesting characters. It's an interesting time. It's shot beautifully. I mean, it's the it's the peak of the Warner Brothers style. The music is wonderful. The lighting, uh, the writing, the, the uh, everything is just perfect. This is like the the ultimate, uh, you know, the uh, trench coat with the fedora. I mean, this is really for me. This is even even more than the Maltese Falcon. This is really like Bogart at his most Bogart, <laughs> you know. So I enjoy the hell out of it. I just love all the setups. I love the thing at the beginning with the general drinking with him in the. Uh, in the uh, the hot house, the uh, the greenhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I love when she takes him down a peg. The minute he walks out, he's all sweaty from being in the greenhouse, and she goes, "Boy, you're a mess, aren't you?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, immediately she's just taking him down a peg, you know. And so she's more than a match. I think that's why people loved Bogart and Bacall together, is that she was always more than a match for him. He was a tough guy, but she she didn't take much crap, you know. And uh, I do love, yeah, Justine's right. She's got a very unusual voice, very low. You can't think of many women that had that kind of low voice. But um, 
uh, and God, she's so much taller than him. You know, they have to somehow figure out how they're going to frame him because, you know, she is so much taller than him. And she's Didn't about she call him short. No, he calls himself short. short. Yeah, he said, yeah, I'm not wearing. Uh, You're not very tall, huh? He's like, I'm yeah, not a tall guy. I'm not on stilts and I'm not wearing a tennis outfit either. You know, it's like, <laughs> and what does he say? Yeah, he says, I don't mind you ritzing me and drinking your breakfast out of a bottle, but uh... <laughs> yeah. So he's giving it right, giving it right back to her, you know? And then that whole thing on the, uh, one of the new scenes they shot was that whole thing where they're on the phone and she's kind of bullshitting him and he's not buying it. And she's kind of like rubbing her knees. I'll go ahead, scratch. If you got a scratch, go ahead, itch it. <laughs> <laughs> And then they do. The, I like that one. And then the thing is, it's all flirting. That's what they wanted more of. They say, "Cut the exposition. We want more flirting," uh, because to have and have not had just come out, and they said people really want more of the two of them. So whatever you got to cut to give them more scenes together, just cut it. So uh, that whole scene on the phone with the cops when he's going, "What? I called you? Oh, my mother will have something to say about that." And she's all, "What? No, I wouldn't like that at all. You better talk to my father." <laughs> And the whole time they're looking at each other, just making eyes at each other, like, hey, this is some fun. I'm pissing off the cops. You know? <laughs> so stuff like that I love. The whole thing with uh, Elisha Cook Jr. In this one, you really feel sorry for him. You know, he's kind of a schnook in the in the Maltese Falcon. Oh, and this you one, feel so bad for him. Yeah, and it's really cool what Bogart says, you know. He's this little guy, you know. He's doing the right thing. He's pretty brave, you know. Uh, you know, he, he took it better than you're taking it, you know. Yeah. The whole I'm thing where he drinks the poison. The wrong address. Yeah. Yeah. He says, well, your little man, your little man did the right thing by you. You know, he died for you, you know. And uh, what she say? You know, well, you know, wish me luck. I'm getting the raw end of the deal. And he goes, your type always does. <laughs> I love it. But that scene where he makes him drink the poison, he's all, what's the matter, Jonesy? You think I put poison in it? You know, he says, I bet your Agnes would drink it. And he's all, yeah, I bet she would. You just feel so sorry for him. And the really cold blooded part of that scene is when the killer, when he leaves the room after he's given him the drink and made him drink it, he turns off the lights and goes, well, goodbye, Jonesy. That's <laughs> like, God, that's some cold shit right there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? he messed up. That guy yeah. was good. And then when Bogart calls and he goes, wow, gave him the wrong number. All right. You know, okay by you, Jonesy. So I kind of like that. That was kind of nice. And they make the bad guy. Canino really is, is kind of a uh, chilling oh. presence for a 40s movie. He really is, looks pretty, uh, when he comes out of the, uh, the garage with the gun, you go, boy, this guy does look pretty brutal, you know? Yep. I don't know who, what that actor's name is, but he really does look like a guy who's not going to think twice about, you know, blowing your head off. Oh, but he got it, though. So, uh, there's a million great scenes, and I love the whole thing at the end with Eddie Mars, where he's all, yeah, you know, what do you think's going to happen if you walk out of that door first, you know? <laughs> it was a great way to bump him off, you know? He says, you've got me all set up, but what happens if I fire this gun, you know, and you try to walk out first? What do you think is going to happen? I thought that was a great finale, you know. I love it. Yeah, it's great. And then, the, you know, I love that they're just waiting for the cops. And then what do they show in the at the yeah. end? Two cigarettes in the ashtray. There you go. There's a happy oh. ending for you. Yeah. And the beginning is great. You've got a silhouette. By that time, you know exactly who's behind those silhouettes. And what are they doing? They're like lighting their cigarettes. You know, it's all about smoking. <laughs> You know, I love it. so uh, I don't know. It just a lot of great stuff. I yeah, I guess I fall into that camp. I don't know what it's about. I don't care what it's about. It's just a real fun uh, two hours just watching him yep. kind of go through. And it's L- it's L.A., you know, basically it's like reading Chandler. If you want to see what old L.A. was like, and this sure. is supposed to be like sort of like the, the dark underbelly of L.A., this Los captures Angeles. it pretty. 
Yeah, and Hawks captures it pretty. He was known for kind of like he's another guy that didn't pull punches. He was willing to show you the the seedy underbelly, and uh, so I think this one works pretty well. It's it's one definitely one of my all time favorite Bogarts. All right, guys, let's rank it. The big sleep, Patrick. Eight. Ocho, John. I give it a nine. Justine. Uh, four. Wait, what? Uh-huh. You liked it four. less than, uh, you liked it less, oh, because of Bogart. You liked it less than Double Indemnity. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Going to take the hit for Bogart there. Uh, the Herbert Sherbert, yeah. <laughs> Herbert Sherbert. I had, you gave me two hours of him that I didn't want. So. <laughs> oh. Oh. But on the, on the other hand, you discovered Lauren Bacall. Yeah. But she'll never remember what she looks like. Uh, discovered those legs. I don't think I'll remember. Yeah, Patrick. Wow, <laughs> you won't remember those legs, Patrick. That's probably all I remember is legs and white shorts. Patrick, you need, no, no, no. I was going to say you need to plan a Lauren Bacall film festival for for uh, Justine. Okay. Hey Mario, are we going to see Key Largo? We are not going to see Key Largo. Montego, baby, why don't we go? Oh my God, I want to kill you. That I mm. nope. Mm-mm. You don't get a pass on that one. Uh Lay down a Kokomo. No, no. <laughs> you know, I love the Beach Boys, and I think that song is a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> How do you really feel? And you know why? You know why? There's no Brian Wilson on that. <laughs> uh Jake, what did you think of uh the big sleep? Is seven. Ooh, seven. That's not bad. Yeah. I was expecting you to like it a little bit less. Oddly enough, even though you 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 don't like it for the same reason for reasons I like, I'm giving it a seven. Also, that's funny. That's really weird. But uh, yeah, it's a good one. I like it. It would get higher if I could, if I could wrap it up. If I could figure it out, I'd give it more. But uh, you're right, John. It is fun to watch just for the characters. It's a fun way to spend Mario, it. Where do you, how do you rank this? Uh, in your opinion, as far as the Bogarts go, uh, it's one of my, it's it. one of my favorites. But I still like the Maltese. I mean, my old, my favorite uh, Bogart is uh, Treasure of the Sierra Madre, just because he's so unhinged and he's so. <laughs> that's exactly who he is. Yeah, that's exactly who he is. <laughs> it's funny that yeah, Justino. He says that's the real Bogart right there. <laughs> like she that's knows something. Like she knows something he's we acting. don't. Like she knows something. I know he's acting. That's the real guy. <laughs> that's who he really is. That's what he's, that's what he's really mean, like. <laughs> I guess it makes him a great actor. Justine hates him no matter what role he's in. Um, yeah, no, this is this is up there with some of my favorite Bogart stuff. You know, I, I like uh, Treasure's Game Roger. I, I I do like Maltese Falcon better. Um, I think Maltese. I think they're both really good. There's really good atmosphere. But there's just something about this. All the side characters in the Maltese Falcon, with the exception of uh, I think Mary Astor is probably the weakest link in that one. You know, I think if yeah. I think if I mean of, of course the timeline wouldn't fit, but if somehow you would have been able to put Lauren Bacall in that role, that would have been a perfect yeah. movie. But um, yeah. you get Peter. I you know I miss not having Peter Laurie and Sydney Greenstreet and uh, and uh, all that stuff. You know, hey. Uh, did you catch, uh, now you know where uh, that Bugs Bunny cartoon where the Statue of Liberty goes, that's what the man said. He said that. That's what the man said. Now you know where that comes from. 
<laughs> the uh, the little sidekick, that's hmm. Eddie Mars sidekick. He's all, yeah, that's what the man said. The that's man it. said that. That's what he said. That's it. <laughs> so that's what I, when I first saw this, I'm like, oh, that's what that's from. <laughs> and it was a Warner Brothers movie. Exactly. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I know. I like it. I do like it. It's uh, but I, I do like the Maltese felt Casablanca or Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Are obviously, my favorite Bogart films. Wasn't it? What was the one we was in the tank though? Uh, Sahara. I love that movie. Sahara. I like that one too. Sahara was great. Uh, different, a different role for him, but it was good. And uh, yeah, I like Bogart. Um, he's an unusual looking guy, kind of the first anti-hero. But uh, he's always um, he's always a joy to watch, except unless you're Justine. But we all know Justine's root. The she's she's protecting Audrey Hepburn, and I I respect that. I respect that. That's why she. Yeah, can't stand oh yeah. Ass. How do you how do you sit through Sabrina? <laughs> That's gonna be tough. <laughs> we just, just watched that. it. Patrick and I just watched it for Valentine's Day, and I was like, I just don't wow. like him. And Cary Grant wow, was originally. I'm like. Patrick's like, look how beautiful she is. I'm like, yeah, and Humphrey Bargart doesn't think that. Carrie, Carrie yeah. Grant was originally up for that role, too. I don't know why he uh, didn't take it. But, yeah, I know. But That's why you I know what? watching charades um, today just to cleanse everything. Every time I see Sabrina, I do think that. The whole time I'm watching it, I'm going, Humphrey Bogart is terribly miscast. This should have been Cary Grant or somebody like Cary Grant. Mm-hmm. It does not work. Without uh, somebody like Terry, you know who Grant, else would you know who else would have been a good big brother in that one? Uh, after Gregory Peck would have been great in that too. Yeah, yes. yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, but uh, just uh, Justine, what are, our, what are our movies next week? We have Battleground and The Killers. Okay, you are gonna like one of those more than the other. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, there's no, there's no Bogart in either one of them. <laughs> but one of those is right up. One, one of those is right up uh, Justine's alley. It's there war. It's, it's a war film. It's a war film. So, but yeah, Battleground, The Killers. We're gonna see early Burt Lancaster, uh, who we last saw in The Professionals. He was the, he was the dynamite guy in The Professionals. So, get so ex- make sure that you're watching the 1946 The Killers because there is another one from the 60s. Oh, that's right. Thank you, John. Good programming note. So this is black and white. The other one's in color. The okay. one we want is black and white. Pidosh. Robert Pidosh. We're going we're to talk about Robert Pidosh next week. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Guys, what a great show. You guys did a good Amazing. job. Nice. We did good. Did a great job. Good job, everybody. Uh, Justine, do you have any advice for the for people that want to start exploring Humphrey Bogart? <laughs> exploring, exploring the films of Humphrey Bogart. Don't explore it. It's fine. There is nothing to explore there. You wouldn't even recommend. You wouldn't even recommend Treasure the Sierra Madre. No. You wouldn't re- recommend Casablanca. I can go without Humphrey. I can go without Humphrey Bogart. Yeah, mm. it wasn't worth it for me to keep him in my life. That's crazy. <laughs> because I don't have any actor that I hate that much. Like I, you know, I, my dislike of Jim Carrey is well publicized. I mean, it's been in all the papers. Mm. But uh, I feel like you you amplified it though. You but, made me watch all these movies. 
That was unnecessary for him. Steve Martin. Um, ah, there you go. But see, you can you found even in you you even found redemption in in uh, plane trains and automobiles, Patrick. His only good movie. And I found redemption for for Jim Carrey and stuff like uh, like Liar Liar makes me laugh all the time. I think he's great in that. But it's like I, I just I will not watch Ace Ventura or Ace Ventura. I, I don't. I can't sit through that. <sighs> I can hey, watch- Patrick, did you spot the scene from uh, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid where he's wearing the blonde wig in the grocery store? Yes. From uh, Double Indemnity? <laughs> yes. I still don't like him. But I mean, at least you spotted the scene, you know. Uh, yeah, Nick, Nick guys. He, if, just like with passion. If we, if we figured one thing out, that is, if you want to meet somebody in secret, meet him at the grocery store and stand a foot away from You them. know what's funny? These movies you're giving us lately, Mario, a lot of these were used in Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. The mm-hmm. killers. Mm-hmm. Most of most of the plot is as from the killers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're welcome, John. This is my Valentine's Day gift to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Okay, guys. What a great show. Yeah. Anything? Any final thoughts? Yeah. No. Nope. Uh, they put Cinderella, the Brandy Cinderella, on Disney Plus. What? Are you talking about Brandy nice. with an I? With a Y. Mm. That's a different Brandy Cinderella than Houston. What? Was that like the Rodgers and Hammerstein one? Yes. Yeah. It's a good one. Because uh, you know you know who did that originally was Julie Andrews. Isn't that crazy? Is that true? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they did it, it was like on live television. Uh if it's the Rodgers and Hammerstein score, that was Julie Andrews in the fifties, yeah. I think they found a copy on Kinescope. I think they put it out there. On DVD. I'm not sure who put I, it out. I always had to watch it on YouTube because it was the only way to watch that movie. On and what? And now they put it on Disney+. Plus. On what? There you on go. YouTube. There you go. Uh, okay, so that's on Disney+. Plus Muppet Show coming out. I don't know when. Soon, I think. Oh, Static Shock just came out to HBO finally. Oh, Superhero Static Shock. What is that? It was an animated uh, cartoon show from like the late... 90s early 2000s based off of Static Shock who was a DC African American superhero and he is fantastic. You put, oh, I you, never heard of that. You put static me shock? in a static Static Shock. Remember that song? He's so cool. All right. Thanks. I love it. Good 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 tips was- guys. Great tips. Anybody else? John? Oh, Jake? I think Mario, I was listening to last week's show and you said there was something you forgot to say. I think you were going to say rest in peace Christopher Plummer. General Chang. Mm, Was that it? No, but rest in peace, Christopher Plummer, General Chang, and the only Sherlock Holmes who cried. Oh, is that the the murder by decree? Yes. Is that the only time Sherlock Holmes has been portrayed crying? Yes. Is he? I don't remember that. Is he sobbing or is he just sort of like tearing up? A tear, a tear, a single tear. Rolls down. That was too much for you. Right? Like, like he saw, like he saw a, a group of teenagers throwing garbage on the side of the road. A single tear rolls down his cheek. Oh, it was the Indian tear. And uh, yeah, it's like, does that bother you? Like in the books, he never, he never sheds a tear, mm, right? Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. So that bothers you, probably. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, that movie's good. It's just, it's hard to do the Holmes versus versus. Uh, Jack the Ripper thing because Jack the Ripper is an unsolved mystery, so you always have to come up with a with some kind of. So it's like two thirds of a great movie, and then it falls apart at the end. 
What did you think of his portrayal of Sherlock Holmes? Oh, it was great because James Mason is Watson. So you get right. to hear James like- Mason. Hello, I'm a doctor. <laughs> And uh, this is Polly Nichols, think- and she's been murdered in the most brutal fashion. And uh, Holmes, I say, Holmes, you smashed my pee. I like it when they pop in my mouth. That's really what he says. And then they ate uh, unborn octopus. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but did you think Christopher Plummer was a good... Uh, good? Sure. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, why, well, you don't think he would be? No, no, I thought it just sounds like you're humoring me. No, no, it's good. <laughs> yeah. he, he was good. That's the that's actually well, the, just funny. What he, uh, the uh, they just said, you know, at the end of uh, the his obituaries, it said, you know, sound of music. And then at the bottom of the obituary, they'd say he played General Chang in the Star Trek. We're going to discover. We're going to see it. We're <laughs> going to see that. And it's fantastic. He quotes. Uh, yeah. He quotes Shakespeare while he's uh, trying to destroy the Enterprise. It's great. Um but uh, yeah, check it out. Murder by Decrees from 1976. I believe it's a Canadian film, which explains a lot uh, because Donald Sutherland is in it. And uh, and so Christopher Plummer was Canadian. Yeah, and it's it's actually uh, it's actually directed by the same guy that directed Christmas Story. Believe it or not, Bob Clark. Bob Clark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's he's a all kind of all, and he's all over the map, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> there's another uh, great movie from the 60s called uh, A Study in Terror. It's Robert Neville who was the he was if you remember him on the X Files he had a very angular kind of look he was on the X Files for a little while and he was uh, mm. and um, but he played Sherlock Holmes in that sixties version called The Study in Terror where they go after uh, Jack the Ripper so it's been done a couple of times so you can also play Mister Jack Pocket Edition uh, that's a Sherlock Holmes versus Jack the Ripper on your board game. So uh, pick that up wherever fine board games are sold. Shout out to our friends at Shuffling Cut. How about that? I guess it has been done. I mean, time after time. That no, that was H. G. Wells versus H. G. Wells. Uh, Jack versus, the yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a weird one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it has been done a few times. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a it's a it's a chestnut. By this time, it's a chestnut. Uh, you know, yeah. world's greatest detective versus you know world's you know most famous serial killer. So it's you know kind of one of those things, like a King Kong versus Godzilla. You know, <laughs> are you getting excited about that? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, I am looking forward to the 15 minutes the humans aren't in it. And uh, <laughs> that's great. I know. It's like, I don't want to see humans. Just let's just have the the monsters. Well, huh? John, do you know what the uh, everybody's breaking down the trailer? And the the thing is, they think here's the here's the conspiracy theory. Godzilla is actually Mecha Godzilla who King Kong is going to fight. And then they're going to, they're going to team up at the end and whip Mechagodzilla's ass. I see. Which I'm down for that. I want to see giant robot in there. Are you kidding me? (laughs) With the rocket fingers? Do a Johnny Sacco. Do an updated Johnny Sacco. We should do that. Giant robot. Giant robot. Yeah. All right, guys. I've wrapped up the show like five times, but this is it. This is the end. My wonderful friends. The end. All right. For Patrick, the end is here. Patrick, thank you for a great show. Thank you, Jake. Thank you for a great show. 
My pleasure. Oh, thank you for making me laugh so hard at the beginning of the show. That was a good. You that was a. Welcome. That was a cleansing laugh, my friend. Oh, that, I really needed that. Belly laugh. It was. I, I couldn't. That was the stupidest thing I've heard in a long time, but it made me laugh like an idiot. It was a belly laugh. It was. Uh, Justine, thank you as always for being. Uh, you, it's, it, you know, the, the role you have to take on in the show is you kind of have to be the heel. You have to, you, you're the one with the unpopular opinions a lot, but you, you, you relish this role and you don't shirk from it. And I appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was going to go. Thanks. I think <laughs> John, uh, you're, you're, yeah. you, John, your knowledge as always is uh, impressive. You, uh, you, you really uh, love these movies, so it's always great to do this show with you. Um, and uh, as for myself, uh, we will say that this transmission ends now. And uh, wait, wait, I screwed that up. What, how do I usually sign off? Unity. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, our newest thing. So we'll say that this transmission ends now. Unity. Unity.